And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you as a courtesy from our Patreon supporters. They support the show so you don't have to listen to commercials other than maybe some of that amazing um, that amazing travel agent. What was his name? Uh, Justin, over and away with me travel. Of course, of course we need to talk about him a little bit. But other than that, you're not getting any commercials, guys. And that's because of those guys. Now listen, I might be a little biased here, but when I say that they support the show, they also get free content and a lot of shenanigans happens over on the Patreon side. And when I say, eh, we have some fun, Guys, I mean, we have a lot of fun, so maybe consider joining them. If not, let's give them at least a round of applause and say thank you for a commercial-free, amazing show. Round one was over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your... To infinity and beyond. There's a touch of madness around here. Welcome to Disney Dads Podcast, a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and tonight I am joined by two of my brothers, two of my buddies, uh, Aussie Dave from Down Under, and when I mean Down Under, I mean Florida, and Mike, my Italian brother from up north. I'm going to start with you, Mike. How things are Uh Good. We um, apparently dodged a bullet. <clears throat> we were prepping for and expecting Hurricane Henry to hit the shores uh, the last couple of days, and... Thankfully for us, it was kind of a tropical storm that missed Long Island. Uh, you always get nervous. I'm sure you see it quite a bit when the weather.com and the Weather Channel trucks start pulling up in your own neighborhood. That's probably mm-hmm. not a good sign. And um, yeah, they were they were kind of in our neighborhood. They were down by the beaches by us. And uh, we thought for sure we were going to get hit with a Category 1. And I know for you down there in South Carolina and Florida, that's really nothing. But, you know, for us up here, we're kind of wimps when it comes to that stuff. So I, um, you know, we were, uh, we dodged a bullet. I tied down all the lawn furniture i had closed up the whole backyard and wound up being not even a windy day so uh good on that front and uh, other than that pretty much uh looking forward to hanging out with you guys tonight that's adorable that's adorable that little itty bitty storm up there <laughs> that's so cute i've i've it was had, so cute i've had worse rain on a random tuesday it was kind of like but the best part was i guess because the news was hyping it up you know for the entire week and mm-hmm. um <clears throat> You could see, like, the news reporter was standing outside. And I knew where she was standing because, you know, it's in the neighborhood. And she was, like, swaying back and forth trying to do that. And I'm like, just stand still. You don't have to play it off. We understand. You missed it. It's fine. I'd rather be safe than sorry. But, um, yeah, they, they, uh, they, uh, well, you know, listen, you can't predict the weather, right? One of my favorite news clips ever, I don't know if you guys have seen this, is where the guy's standing and he's, like, standing sideways. You know, like pushing against it, like it's really blowing him. And then behind him, there's just these two guys out for a leisurely stroll. <laughs> it's just, it's just, if you haven't seen that, look I that love up. That. It makes him look like a complete donkey, if you know what I mean. Uh, Dave, how are things in the South, man? Uh, good. Life is good. Life is grand. I'm a little bit tired. I'm exhausted. Yeah? Why are you so tired? I've had a big, big couple of days. Uh, a friend of mine got married in Portland, Oregon. Oh, and cool. so I flew out there and DJed his wedding. 
And, I didn't know that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So flew out to Portland, um, uh, had a couple of days off from here in Disney World, flew out to Portland and DJed his wedding. However, I had to get back and get to work and I had a late starting tour the following day. And so I jumped on a red eye, did two flights over the course of the of the early morning and through Minneapolis, Minnesota, landed at about 11 a.m. Florida time and drove home, had a quick shower, got in the car, went to work and then did a day on tour, which is 20,000 steps and nine, 10 hours on the clock. And I was exhausted. I was running Wait, on so you've- less than fumes. That's crazy, yeah. man. So red eye into a crazy day in the parks. It, I don't recommend it. Just in case no, anybody I, is I ever don't wondering, know how you did it. I would have been a bear, man. I would have been absolutely a monster. Like you know me, I'm like usually upbeat, energetic, and all of that. And mm-hmm. even I knew that I was flat. Like I was, I was working hard to make sure that like I delivered what I do. I don't get, I don't get hangry. I'll get slangry. Oh, okay. Like sleep angry. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Does anybody ever use that term? If not, I'm coining okay, it. Okay, it's now you. Uh, cool. I, I, yeah, I get slangry where I'm. if I do not get enough sleep, I am a mess. I'm an absolute mess. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. Now, I, so, do, get, uh, I do get hangry. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I, I've if shared I, wings with you before, and it's dangerous, dude. You, d- you dive in. You're a skinny guy, too. Yep. I get hangry. Well, right. I'll tell you what. One thing, you know, we want to dive into tonight's topic because we haven't done one of these in a while, man. I'm super excited. Yeah, you posted it. I was like, wow, I don't think DDP has done one of these Uh, in a while. Like, it's been. It's probably been a year. Wow. All right. At least. And it's one of my favorite things to do because you know that I love Disney history. And one of my favorite things to do is take a step back in time in the parks and look at extinct attractions in the Walt Disney World parks. And there's a couple that. You know, we've talked about a few that maybe I don't remember firsthand as well because I was younger. Um, This one, though, really kind of holds a special place because for me, when I would go to Epcot as a kid, I hated Epcot. (laughs) I hated Epcot. I was like, this is so boring. Why don't we just sit in the car and read from a history book? This is horrendous. But there was this one attraction you could go to that was somewhat entertaining uh, that you could you could enjoy, and that is Maelstrom. So tonight we're going to do a Disney Dad's Extinct Attraction, uh, looking back at Maelstrom. Before we dive into the history, guys, I want to get your uh, thoughts and maybe your personal history with this attraction. Dave, uh, is this something you did personally? Were you in the parks by the time? Yeah, I guess you would. Yeah, been. yeah. Like I was, I yeah. I was a cast member. Um, I wrote it. Um, that's about all I can say for it because I didn't yeah. have a personal connection to this and I never got it. I never understood the people that were screaming for like, and I'm sure we're going to discuss it. And I want to discuss yeah. like some of the weirdness of this attraction and how to, I never got it. I never felt any connection to it. And I never like, and when it was going, I was like, okay cool yeah yeah what are they gonna do in this place like i yeah 
I think when you learn the troubled history of this attraction, I think you're going to maybe take a second glance at, at what it was and what it did for Epcot in that time. Uh, Mike, what was your opinion of it, man? I'm sure you wrote it. Yeah, so I never did it as a child myself. Uh, one of my first trips when I took the kids when they were very little, uh, we just happened to stumble upon it. And, you know, I was a, a, a Disney newbie, and I really didn't know the parks, certainly the way I don't know them now. And uh, that was one of those rides that we just kind of stumbled on. And I'm like, wow, you know, this mm-hmm. Epcot's pretty cool. I've always heard that it's just an adult thing and the kids enjoyed this and and I really uh, enjoyed doing that and it made me explore Epcot a little bit more because of seeing how they got into the history and then I start to see what other stuff they had uh, in the pavilions not just the restaurants not just these shops uh, some of the other things like the three Calabros over in you know over at uh, Mexico and some of the other films that they had on the other side so I was kind of enjoying taking this as a ride it was a nice little bit of a break especially being on that side of the park where you can get a little bit of an an attraction in. Um, I know Dave was saying he didn't see how the purists were. I kind of liked how how this... You know, really brought the history of Norway, and I can understand why people didn't want it to go because we once you once we changed it, and we'll talk about the changes. Once we changed it to what it is now, I think it kind of opened the floodgates for what possibly could be turning Epcot into what the future will be with saturating with IPs. And I think this was one of those things that if they're going to do this, then it's gonna, we're going to see it everywhere. And I think that's where a lot of the uh, resistance came in to the people that wanted to not see Norway, not to see uh, the Maelstrom ride go away. What if, I, what if I was to tell you guys that this was supposed to be the original, now check this word out, thrill attraction at Epcot. The original thrill attraction, okay? This was going to be the ride that was thrilling, daring, and it actually was built to be that, but was lost at some point. Uh, I'm going to go over the history a little bit with you guys. And first, you know, Look, you kind of nailed it, Mike, for me. This, for me, was the, and you can look at it either way, either the downfall or the, you know, the the grand staircase to what we have now of having IPs in Epcot and IPs taking over countries and things like that. But at the time, when Norway was announced, it wasn't even Norway. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be Denmark. And if you actually look at the bathrooms in Norway there, the original construction is still there. And the original architecture was based on Denmark. Um, That fell through. And then they decided, well, we're going to have a Scandinavian pavilion. Um, Those plans changed in 1983. They decided we're going to have a Scandinavian pavilion that was going to host Denmark and Norway and Sweden. And then the problem was, you know, all these countries were funded by the countries. Uh, all All these pavilions are funded by the countries. Norway was the only country that came up with any funding. Denmark said, ah, we're out. We don't want anything to do with this. So that's why you get Norway there and you don't have Denmark, which was what it was meant to be. It was so far planned for Denmark that they had started construction already on some of this stuff. I mean, that's how crazy it is. That's why you see that building, that building there. Those, those bathrooms, when you go see them, the brown exterior is based on Denmark. So it's the only part of Denmark that's still in that pavilion. Um, I really enjoy that this 11th World Showcase uh, has kind of a flawed beginning. And whenever they create this this showcase, they want a thrill attraction. Now, uh, do you all know anything about the history of this? Because it's, look, I, I had to study this. I didn't really know this in, up until now. This, for me, is, is all brand new information. Maelstrom was not the original name of this attraction. 
Okay, you are just dropping some crazy, crazy bombs right now, okay? Uh, yeah, so here's the thing, man. Maelstrom, not only was it not the original name, the original name had the sign over the door for six months, and that was Sea Venture. You can still find pictures because back in... Now, here's the thing. I still think Epcot should have this. I think it would be a nightmare. Back in the 80s, the mid-80s, you know, the countries kind of were separated. There wasn't, you know, it wasn't one to the next because they had spaces to put other pavilions. So they actually had a bus, a double-decker bus, that you could jump on and you could go from pavilion to pavilion. You didn't have to make that walk all the way around World Showcase. Does that not sound perfect to be able to grab a beverage and then jump on the bus and then get off wherever you want to? It's like a hop-on, hop-off bus. So I knew about the bus. Um, I... Um, they then later used uh, the concept of the bus to do the character meet and greet options mm-hmm. and the uh, things like that. But yeah, I wasn't aware of some of this other information. I'm learning a lot tonight. Well, the good part about the bus is if you would stand on the second level, you would get a perfect uh, view of the construction happening there at Norway, the construction happening at Sea Venture, um, and you could get nice photos. If you Google it, you can Google a photo of the Sea Venture sign that hangs over the door. So. We didn't lose Maelstrom. We lost Sea Venture. Uh, and the reason that was changed, guys, was because not too far before this construction took place, we got the amazing The Living Seas right across from the park. And Disney said, wow, that could be crazy confusing for people uh, on park maps to have two things with seas in it. So that's when it was changed to Maelstrom. And Maelstrom uh, is, you know, a. Uh, Go ahead. So they were fine with Spaceship Earth and Mission Space in proximity to each other, but Living Seas and Sea Venture on opposite sides of the park was apparently a problem. <laughs> just, just and they couldn't be further just, apart. Just, just asking a question. Parts of the park, like the other two, are almost touching. And yeah, no, I don't know, man. At the time, that's what you get. The Maelstrom, if anybody wants the definition, it is a powerful whirlpool. I can't say that word. Whirlpool. We talked about we've talked about those words whirlpool. that are hard to say. Whirlpool for me. I can say it if I concentrate, but if I don't, it all gets jumbled in my mouth. Like I have a <laughs> mouthful of marbles, and it's whirlpool. Um, a powerful whirlpool in a sea or a river, uh, and that's important for people to know. Because I'm going to blow your mind, too, before we get into this attraction, on what I wish they had stuck with for it to be the thrill ride that they had talked about for so long. Um, We see a couple really, really cool things, guys, with this original story of Maelstrom. So when the Imagineers come together and they start to think, what do we want from this attraction? We want it to be this epic epic journey uh that concludes in this crazy thrilling uh ending to this to this ride right and so they thought you know what we're gonna do this journey through a mystical land of trolls uh to find the rainbow to valhalla that was exactly their wording of what they were gonna do okay i I am 100 on board with this attraction idea already right yeah all and then they say you know what we're gonna be the first disney's the first a lot of times, always pushing the boundary. They said, we're going to be the first flume-like attraction to feature a backwards part of the attraction, which you still see to this day, right? First attraction in the history to ever do this is this flume attraction. Let me blow your mind one more. This was one of Joe Rohde's first babies at Disney. Really? 
Joe Rody, a very, very young Joe Rody, traveled to Norway, studied the Norwegian culture, and came back with the story of traveling. Yes, can you imagine? Wouldn't that be amazing to have Joe Rody and his genius on this attraction? Amazing. So he comes, comes back with this story, the mystic lands, the trolls. He's got it all planned out. He goes, you know what? We need one more thing. I know what we'll do. No attraction is great without a great score, without a great soundtrack. So who do we get? We get the Sherman Brothers. The Sherman Brothers come in, and they write an original score for this attraction. Everything is falling into line. They start uh, construction uh, in 1986. It's supposed to open in 1988. They do about three months, and all of a sudden, the financiers of Norway come visit, and they say, we love this pavilion. We love the way you're representing our country. People are going to want to visit. We hate the story of this attraction. We hate it. We hate the music. We hate the story. We don't want any of it. They wanted more of a travel log of Norway. They wanted fishing villages. They wanted polar bears. They wanted oil rigs. They wanted people to ex experience what Norway was. They said, you can have a troll or two if you have to have it. But overall, we don't want this nonsense. And so everything's scrapped. Everything they worked on is scrapped. They fire the Sherman brothers from the project. Wow. We never get to hear the original script. That's ridiculous. Or the original song. <laughs> Think about that. They fire the Sherman brothers. Two of the most amazing uh -huh. songwriters of all time. And we never get to hear what they came up with. That's got to be out there somewhere, no? Uh, it's never. It was never released. Never released. So they begin construction again, right? Uh, and the funny part is Disney's had some real, let's say, opening day woes. Okay, yep. This is way up there, okay? Way up there. How so? On, on opening day, they have planned for the Prince of Norway to travel over to Florida to be there to do the dedication. They brought Norwegian bands. They were going to televise it live across the world. Problem is, they ran long on construction because of the changes. Right, obviously. So they run long construction. They've already had this plan, so now he comes over, he dedicates the pavilion, it's still not open. So they only broadcasted the live event in Norway. They canceled it all over the world. Hmm. They only showed it back in Norway. Uh, one of the real, uh, I would say, downfalls of the opening of this pavilion in the country, because, you know, these pavilions are meant to, Dave, that you, you know, they're meant to garner the want to visit these countries. Right. You know, like, th that's what they're there for. Correct. They're, they're an now, advertising tool. They're a marketing tool. We, 100%. Now, they build the ride, okay? We're going to get into the ride, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. But after I get through with this, I want to get y'all's opinion on everything I've said. They build the ride, okay? The final scene of the ride, they say, we're going to make this thing the most thrilling thing that people have done. Right? So they put in wind machines blowing 40, 50 miles per hour. They put in rain machines. Actually, on opening day... They were giving people ponchos to ride the attraction. Here's the best part. They put in a Tesla coil to create actual lightning 
on the oil rig. <laughs> now, I think Disney found out that maybe a water ride and real lightning is probably not the greatest thing to have inside their parks. It's actually rumored that a reporter, while riding this during a soft opening, fell overboard. It was so rough. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. So, let me give you this. Sea Venture, crazy ending. Sherman Brothers have written the music. Joe Rohde has this amazing story where you journey through uh, mystical lands of trolls that find the rainbow to Valhalla. That's your that's your attraction. What do you think of that? I'm on board. I want to ride that final scene. I want a Tesla coil <laughs> shooting lightning over my head. Bring that on. <laughs> and the Tesla coil stayed there for a long time. They didn't turn it back on. But there is <laughs> pictures and video of it being used at some point. Um it stayed there for, for a long time until eventually it was replaced by strobe lights uh, that gave it the strobe effect. Because oh, we the do rain, love a good strobe effect. The rain was taken away. You know, the wind was taken away. And now you just have a calming, you have the drop into calming, calming right through the oil, uh, through, you know, th- through, past through the, the oil fields. Through the oil fields there. Uh, Mike, what do you think about everything I just told you? I wonder if that's where Joe Rody got the uh, idea for the strobe lights for the Yeti, being that that didn't work out. <laughs> See, he's kind of recycling it. I, I think it's insane. <clears throat> you know, uh, we I always I, I've met quite a few celebrities throughout you know my career and whatnot. I'm sure Dave does too. And I always try and think of something. If I ever run into this particular person that I want to meet, what's something interesting I would say? Not just a big fan. Something that I would say to somebody that would make it stand out. I think if I ever met Joe Rody, I would have to ask him about this obscure thing and ask him if there's any way possible to hear that Sherman Brothers song. I'm still blown away by that. That that that's out there, written. I mean, it might be nothing right now. I mean, it could have just been scrapped and you know, kind of like when we delete yeah. a show or something, and it's just gone forever but um i would certainly ask him about that it's, it's certainly very interesting and um it's kind of funny how you know joel Rody worked on it and it was a problem with the project and you know we know that happens from time to time but uh kind of kind of ironic how that worked out with the yeti too as well this is so young joe Rody, he didn't even have an earring at the time i'm sure well how do we even know it was him <laughs> oh you could tell it's him oh that's joe Rody, but there is no missing that mustache there's no way um <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about the attraction itself. Um, I think one of the... It really shows you the difference, Dave, when you look at cues now. They tell a story compared to cues then that were legitimately just a cue. That's all they were. Uh It was just a line. It was a line to stand in. Yep. It does have the amazing... uh, they, They did have an amazing fast pass line. We'll see what happens with the, with the you know the fast fast line, uh, but you know that's 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 source subject. We will touch that one right now. Um, <clears throat> but let's talk a little bit about you get there. You're graced by the mural. This was something that the the delegation of Norway wanted. They wanted this mural that showed the you know the 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 Viking history and the sail uh, the sailing uh, way of life and the seas and the towns and and all that kind of stuff. Um, I. This for me was uh, it's fine, you know. It's it's no. I can I guess like the only real artwork in Disney that I really love is like Mary Blair at the Contemporary. What else can y'all think of? Like if when I walk in Sunshine Seasons, I'm like, eh, okay. 
You have stuff painted on the walls. It's cool. Um, the mosaic of Cinderella. I uh, love it. The That's fantastic. Castle. Yeah. I'm trying to, this off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of where else I'm just blown away by something. I've still said, I've said this to forever. If you're walking from Boardwalk to Hollywood Studios, the fact that they do not bring a graffiti artist in to paint Under the underneath tunnel. that overpass yep. is beyond me. I've said that for years. Anyway, getting off topic. Um, it's not like us dive, at all. No, I know, right? Uh, let's dive into the attraction at all. Mike, uh, when you are coming on to this attraction, the one thing I do love, and you know, this is one thing Jason always loved, is because he has that Norwegian culture, is you go into utter and complete darkness, and it says, you are not the first to pass this way. Uh, as you see uh, Odin's eyes, and he says, now now, uh, uh, now shall you be the, the last, you know. Um, I like that they took the idea of this attraction, even though they had to change it, and they said, you know what, we can tweak this a little bit and make it to where it's a time-traveling adventure. You see this in a couple attractions. You see it in Pirates. Yep. You know? And you're going back in time through, you know, Odin's eye to uh, to experience this. Now, Pirates is different for me. Here's why. I think it's easier to associate with it because I've seen the movies. You know what I mean? Like I've you like, need I, Maelstrom the movie, is what you're. Saying. I think there is one. <laughs> is there? I think so. I don't think it's based on the attraction, but I think there is a movie. Mike, before we go through the ride, does the story at all like commute with you? Like compute with you? Commute. What a what a dodo <laughs> yeah, I am. Sometimes you're doing great. I don't know. You know, you say things. Does it uh, you know, no, and but. It, but it's got that demanding kind of darkness to it. I mean, obviously, it's a dark ride, and it's got that commanding voice. So even if you had no interest, it almost forces you to take interest because it's got that kind of uh, hypnotic way to say, you know what? This isn't just some kind of living with the land kind of story ride. This is something that's going to be that we're tr trying to grab your attention. So I think even going in without the intention of what it's going to be, I think the the narrator and the deepness of his voice in the darkness and just that one light in front of you as you going in kind of demands that you need to pay attention dude i love the narration on this like that it makes the attraction mm -hmm. when you listen he's like long ago norway was a land of vikings dave's looking at me like what i don't care uh <laughs> but you go through it, it it's telling the story it says that was the beginning of our love for the sea it's also um this is the first attraction dave that ever uses audio animatronics in a black light setting I don't know if I ever told you that. Did I tell you that earlier? Mm -mm. It's the first. It's the first time they've used audio animatronics in a blacklight setting. So it's um definitely we lost there for a second, Dave. Sorry. Definitely cool how Disney keeps pushing the envelope. I noticed. I mean, because I, I, I rewatched going over the rides because it's from it's been a long time since my memory. I saw a lot of similarity in the animatronics and the characteristics of the figures the same ones from spaceship earth it almost looks yes. like the two of them could have you know intertwined obviously they were built around the same period in time the technology was pretty much the same but you could almost if if you just took snapshots of those scenes you could almost say you were in spaceship earth or a maelstrom it's really hard to tell them apart no i completely agree it's it really and it's the way even the scenes are put together mm -hmm. that it reminds you of spaceship earth how you're going from you know one to the next to tell to tell a story. Um, 
I think they did a really good job with it. I, you know, I mean, look, this is an attraction built in the late 80s. Right. I mean, you can't give it the same... You can't give it the same treatment that you do something built in early 2000s or even, you know, closer to, to now. I mean, this... When you look at the late 80s, I mean, Disney's always been at the forefront of audio animatronics. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the reason that we have what we have. So... I you know I I really like it. I do like that Disney kind of stood their ground, and Disney said, "No, we're gonna have like a mystical element to this." Because I think the Norwegian culture has that mystical element, and they said, "No, we're gonna have trolls." So you're gonna have to deal. You know what I mean? We'll tell your story with what you want, but then we're gonna tell ours. It reminds me a lot, Dave, of the um, of kind of looking back at the haunted mansion. How there had to be this collaboration. Where you know you have two Imagineers of Haunted Mansion, one wants it scary, one wants it funny, right? And you get a split down the middle. I mean, you're always going to have the more parties involved in anything. You're always going to have more opinions, um, and trying to find that balance to satisfy each party's expectations of what it's going to be, and particularly with the Norwegian um, group that was involved being the sole financier, as you mentioned, that mm-hmm. it was meant to be even more parties uh, involved would have been even more difficult <laughs> to achieve. But um, with them with them providing the money, um, that was always going to be one of the challenges that you're working within the parameters that they then set. Can we admit, too, that this attraction had the biggest, baddest smoke machines on planet Earth? <laughs> So when you would come up to the trolls, they would fill the room with smoke. Oh, okay. I mean, it was insane. They actually had to dial it back because you weren't able to... You like They kept it that way for a little bit. You wouldn't be able to see around you. So you were losing the story. You would just be surrounded in fog <laughs> all the way around you. Works I'm like, dude, makes it... Look, here's what I don't get about Maelstrom. I feel like someone is a downer at the party. I feel like Joe Reddy's like... Dude, let's have a like electrical currents going everywhere, and we're gonna have the Sherman Brothers singing, and we're gonna have like fog. You're not gonna be able to see your hand in front of your face, and you know winds blowing seventy miles per hour. They're gonna have you know hurricane force, which Mike didn't have uh, winds, and somebody's like, "Well, Joe, uh, you know with all the smoke, we can't see anything in front of us." <laughs> Who's that bummer? Who's the bummer in the party? I didn't know Norwegian I'm, talk like that. <laughs> it's not Norwegian. That's not, that's the other. That's the other. Uh, You're saying somebody at Imagineering or somebody executives high up there was like reining it in. Oh, Joe, maybe we shouldn't have a Tesla coil. <laughs> Joe should be like, hey. Go stand next to that Tesla coil. Let's see what happens. Let's, let's turn it on and see what happens. Nope, yeah, in the water. Get, in the water. Get out of here, you bummer. We've all been around people like that. Get out of here, you bummer. All right? You're bringing us down. Somebody needs to stand up. Look at the big, bad smoke machines. Um, <laughs> great. Dude, they had great uh, great audio animatronics. I love the story of the trolls when you come up. And you finally, as you come up the hill, uh, you get those amazing uh, that amazing time that happens where... It says, be gone, I'll cast a spell. Yes, yes. And down the hill you go, going backwards. Dude, this is the first time it's ever, it says back, back over the falls. First time it's ever been done before. That was, that was the part of this attraction that I, I liked. 
that that's what stuck with you? Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing that stuck with me. You're talking about like scenes, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I remember that. Uh, not sure if I was there for that. And then you're like, oh, the trolls. And I'm like, yes, I remember this bit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a kid, though, that was the part I looked forward to the most. Of course. Like going backwards. The one thing I hate, too, and we're going to get into what, you know, whether it be a travesty or something you really enjoy. Um, I hate that whenever you would go backwards and your boat would stop and you would turn to make the next drop to go forward again, it used to be open and you could mm. see out into the pavilion and people, it would almost like Tower of Terror it. Yes. People could see in yep. to what you were doing. And you lose that when you lose Maelstrom. Correct. Uh, that point right there for me was I really enjoyed that because I like being able to go in. Now, will I say this? It is weird that you go from trolls and you go backwards and now all of a sudden there's just polar bears like, Rawr, Rawr. I think it was more the oil rigs than anything else for me. Okay. That like well, we we're gonna from, get, like we're gonna get into that, right? Yeah. But we went from trolls and this natural environment and talking about the beautiful splendor yeah. of of Norway, which I've personally visited. I've been right. to Norway yeah. and seen this beauty, and then they're like, and now there's oil rigs, and you were like, because the story <laughs> loses itself. That's the problem. The story going back in time is fine because you have Odin's eye. He's saying we're going to take a trip back, you know, to the way Norway was. Here's what you get to bring you back to the current time. You get a troll that's sitting there as your boat turns and he goes, how dare you come this way down to the North Sea with you? And then all of a sudden you go down a hill and now you're just in this vast expanse of the ocean with oil rigs in the, in the distance. Yeah, that. I almost <laughs> feel like, dude, here's what I almost felt like. I felt like I, when I ride, um, what's the water ride? Animal Kingdom. I've gone brain dead. Cali here. River uh, Rapids. Cali River. Okay. And you get to, you get to the deforestation part, and it's trying to tell the story, and you're just like, I don't get it. Like, where's the water coming? You know what I mean? Like, where, where, like there's like a forty second moment in this a minute and like sixty or a minute and fifty second ride that uh, that I nothing's happening. I right. feel like this story gets completely lost. Because yeah. you're like, why am I just going past oil rigs now? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. And there's not even an explanation in narration either. Nope. They it just kind of let it go. They were like, yeah, but cool. Yeah, it doesn't even say like in present time, uh, you know, we at our sea produce oil and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So nope, there was no link. It, there was no story. <laughs> It's definitely good. And then, uh, guys, you're back to to getting off this attraction. You are back at the queue, back at, back at the exit. Um, now, let's get into the highlight. This is what people really came to this attraction for, okay? People came to this attraction to get off of their log flume and to venture into the six-minute spirit of Norway. Now, prior to 2002... You had no choice. You had to stop, and huh. you had to watch that movie. Huh. It was a part of your life. They <laughs> said, no, no. Welcome. You are going to watch about our country. <laughs> All right. right. You will okay. sit and watch. You will sit and watch. It was five minutes and like 45 seconds, and you were there to enjoy. 
In 2002, the country of Norway said, you know what, we just don't see the added benefit of keeping this attraction and this pavilion, you know, us paying for it. We're not seeing the growth in numbers of people visiting our country and tourism. So we are going to turn everything back over to Disney. They didn't renew the contract. So in 2002, Disney <laughs> says, okay, if we're paying for it, the doors are wide open. Our guests do not have to sit and watch this watch this movie. <laughs> for good reason. Okay. Let's talk about the movie. If you're from Norway, now might be the time to turn off this podcast, okay? Jason, stop listening. This movie was horrible. I mean, horrible. They, You look, and Disney does some of these really well. Like some of the Circle Vision stuff. Right. This one, you can tell Disney did not really have their hand in. Mike... Bring me into this room. Doors close. Are you enjoying your six minutes? No, and I feel bad for the guy that's trying to convince you you should watch this. I mean, he's probably got the, <laughs> probably one of the worst jobs in Disney. You know, here he is, all proud of his country, probably on an exchange program, and you know, so excited to tell you about his country, and you all just kind of walk by. Uh, yeah, no. As a matter of fact, I started to watch this video for tonight's show, and I even turned it off. So oh, here's the funniest wow. part. It, it would be like it would be like I loved watching everybody just and they even put the the rows that you were just sit in, and people would just file through the rows and straight past the guy, and the guy'd be like, "Stop and watch our video, learn about our country," you know all that, and they would just file pa- right right past him. But I think what's even worse is the person who would sit down for like a minute and a half and then get up and file right past him out oh, the door. Oh, like, that's sad. That's even worse, you know. Like so, I'd never. I don't think, oh, dude, I don't think I ever sat down and watched it since I was a kid. I don't think Dave, I you ever have watched it. Nope. Period? Nope. I yeah, think the doors would have whoever been I was with you. was like, yeah. yeah, you don't want to watch this. Let's get out of here. Yeah. There were drinks just outside. Yeah, beautiful ones. Like yeah. delicious drinks. Yeah. Delicious food. Ah. Oh. Yeah, beautiful sunshine. Well, air conditioning. <laughs> hmm. Uh so overall, guys, we've we've taken a tour back in time. We've gone through Maelstrom, this extinct attraction. Uh, with a little bit of history I went over, going through the attraction, what's the one thing you would take away from this? Don't don't rain on Joe Rody's parade. <laughs> exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. Dude, he's he's incredible. You kidding me? Like when Do you th- when he go came ahead. up with an idea, just like let him go with it. Like, look at where we got with with Pandora, the world of Avatar, and places like that, where he and he and James Cameron and 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 John Landau just got to go to town and say, "Is there really a budget?" Um, <laughs> and yeah. like asking important questions like that. Like, this could have been epic. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Mike, if one thing you take from from everything we've gone over tonight, if it had the success that Joe Rody had the vision for, would we see Frozen and the IPs in the box right now? <gasps> Perfect, and that is a great segue. That's why you're a professional. Let's talk a little bit about Frozen. All right. So my favorite thing. This is uh, Disney uh, marketing at its greatest. Disney says, you know what? We had this blockbuster movie. Massive hit. Phenomenon. Kids are singing the song. What if we put an attraction somewhere in the parks? 
and they go, huh, where should we do it at? Uh, let's try it over there in Norway. It kind of makes sense, right? Well, how will we know if it'll work? I know what we'll do. Look, it's easy. Let's put Anna and Elsa over there for a meet and greet. If there's no interest, then we know that we're not going to put an attraction over there. So they put Anna and Elsa over there. Five hour waits <laughs> for a character meet and greet. Five hours. That's insane. Five hours. Okay, waits. so really quickly on that. Part of the problem at the time was that they didn't anticipate the success of those two young ladies from that movie. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't prepared to adequately provide a meet and greet, but then realized that it was successful, so they needed a meet and greet. So there was this rushed effort to get it in without uh, options to um, expedite the process, if I can say it like that, without destroying any magic. Yeah. Uh, Here you go. This is my favorite things. So Disney's contacted in August of 2014. And they said, hey, we're hearing that you may be announcing a new attraction involving Frozen in the Norway Pavilion. And Disney said, we have no consideration of putting a Frozen attraction in the Norway Pavilion. (laughs) Three weeks later, on September 12, 2014, Disney said, hey, we're putting a Frozen attraction (laughs) where Maelstrom is in the Norway Pavilion. (laughs) Absolutely genius. Absolutely genius. But not only that, they said, hey, and you better hurry. Because you only have three weeks left to ride this attraction that's been here since 1988, uh, which closed on October the 5th, 2014. Now, let me say this. Go ahead, Dave. No, I just wanted to say, um, with that announcement, um, what what year was that? 2015, did you say? 14, 14. 14. So with that announcement, I was working at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge. And a young lady named Kim, Kimberly, that I was working with... um, was extremely upset by this announcement. And I vividly remember looking at her through squinted eyes, asking, really? Oh, we're upset, but really? Okay, cool, yeah. Um, And she immediately put in to have the day off work. And on the final day that it was in operation, at, at Rope Drop... She was first in line, and she rode the ride, and then she got off, and she got in line. And then she got off, and she got in line. For the entire day. That's crazy. All day, she rode it nonstop. She had friends scheduled to bring her food and snacks. All she did was walk through the line of Maelstrom in the Norway Pavilion. Um, And I just didn't get it. (laughs) I I was like, I I don't, I don't. Don't you, like, I know. Now, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. You You take something that I'm passionate about, and I know they're not about to take this away, so please don't everybody suddenly go, well, Dave works for the company. He must know something. No, no. But, like, if they said they were taking Jungle Cruise away, 
Like, you know That's how much I enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. it, right? Yeah. I'll start to say that one because it's obviously... They just uh, put out a blockbuster Exactly, movie. exactly. <laughs> so um, I'm fairly safe on that announcement that it is not true. Um, but let's say that. Like, there's a chance that I would want to ride it on its final day. I might even want to try to be on the last ever or something like that. To ride it back to back for an entire day shows mm. a, an extreme level of love and commitment to this. Especially for Maelstrom. Um. For Maelstrom! That's the thing that I don't get. It was a ride that consistently had a less than five minute wait. On a really busy day, it might get ten minutes because everybody wants to spend six minutes in the air conditioning at the end. Like, it was never popular. Like, it was not to the point of popularity that we were seeing at other attractions at that time. Yeah. And I'm- so, like, and then there was huge uproar about it, that they were getting rid of it. And I'm like, you didn't ride it when it was open. Why do you suddenly want to ride it now that it's, like, closing? Why well, is that a too, thing? It's like a, I think of Disney purists that are like, anytime there's change, it's like, rawr. But Walt famously said, uh, you know, uh, Disneyland will continue to grow as long as there is exactly. imagination left in the world. Whenever yep. we th- announce that something is changing. I think it's because they <sighs> put Frozen in the spot. I think that's what the main part of the uproar was because it was an IP and it was because the people that didn't like Frozen really didn't like Frozen. And the last thing they wanted to see was being saturated with little princesses running around the pavilions. Well, I think, too, I think it's because it's Epcot and it's World Showcase. Right. I think if you see it somewhere else, it's like, okay, like, I think Epcot, more than anywhere else, people have a harder time with you changing World Showcase and Epcot. I think even more so than Magic Kingdom. I think they I think just Magic have Kingdom a problem with you changing it. Epcot in general. Yeah. Like, look so, at what happened with Figment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 100%. Exactly. Dude, now that is one I would be in an uproar. Not so much that you change the attraction, but if you were just to get rid of Figment, which will ne- will, won't happen. He's the face of Epcot. You heard um, it here first, folks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Justin Suda has announced that. No. Uh. Oh, let's hope not. I do love that there's a clip um, of the last boat that ever went through Maelstrom. Uh, you get an iconic, iconic line from a cast member. I'm sure that she thought it up days in advance and had this you know, in, in the chamber ready to roll. The first boat that leaves, she quotes the first line of the attraction. And she says... You are not the first to pass this way, but you will be the last. Oh. I'm like, oh, dagger to the heart. <laughs> wow. Okay, like yeah. Maelstrom people. Wow, just that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So now here's the thing, man. I really do. I think. I think with an existing track, um, I think Disney Imagineering probably did one of their best jobs with implementing Frozen. Like I wanted, to, I wanted to not like it, and I really, really enjoy it. I like Frozen. I like the Frozen attraction. I also yeah. have two little girls that love it. Yeah. So I have an emotional connection to it that has been created for me that I never had with the original. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Mike, do you enjoy it? I do. I, and, you know, uh, I got to experience that when my kids were little. And um, that was one of those things that I was so excited to, that when it went from Mouse to something else, uh, I, I was a little nervous about them pulling the IPs in the park. Um, and I and I wasn't I wasn't the you know I'm gonna riot because they're taking it out because I was excited to have my girls do Frozen and that was something that I was able to see and got to you know watch through their eyes so to speak. 
Yes, you know, I absolutely enjoy going down the rabbit hole of extinct attractions. It's one of those things for me where this was my childhood, man. I remember this was my escape from boring old Epcot to be able to go in here and ride this attraction and going backwards. And I really remember as a child having those memories. So Maelstrom does serve that purpose for me because I was a kid in Epcot in the 80s that, you know, this was a thrill attraction for me in 1988. I was five years old, you know, riding it and uh, and really enjoying it. So I, it, it does it does hold that sentimental place um, in my heart because I went all the time as a kid. So I really enjoyed it. I wasn't in an uproar when it when it was gone, but uh, but you know I I definitely did like this attraction probably more than more than most. So uh, really really enjoy this and thank you guys so much for uh, for going down this this uh, this historical rabbit hole with me. Very cool. You know, the unfortunate thing, because I did the Maelstrom ride so early in my Disney days, I never got to take any good pictures. But I do have some good pictures of my kids on the Frozen ride. They have a great picture spot. Great place to put your pictures is on Facebook. And it brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that's Picks of the Week. And this week's Pick of the Week is sponsored by our e-ticket Patreon member, Robert Parker. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Time for us to get our our picks of the week. Dave, what's your pick of the week? Well, I am a huge fan of uh, young members of the DDP family Mm. getting dressed up. I have a wife who is very... um, very involved in making sure that uh, when we are headed to a park or doing something as a family, my daughters often have matching outfits or uh, there is definitely a theme. She is quite the storyteller. And so I wanted to give a shout out to Gatano Izzo um, for uh, the young gentleman uh, Sal, who went as a wilderness explorer, uh, for character day, I believe it was, uh, at school and, uh, an amazing outfit, uh, which was at, uh, just about as accurate as you can get it. Um, and even had his wilderness explorer cap on, uh, to make sure that it all, uh, looked right and absolutely loved it. That is definitely my pick of the week. Oh, it's fantastic. Very cool. Justin, what's your pick of the week? Oh, I got to go with one of my favorite families, the Eulers. Uh, Lori posted, she said, Universal was nice, but it's so good to be home of them at the boardwalk. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad you guys are having an amazing time, amazing trip down there. So absolutely love it. Keep those pictures a coming. Not only that, her second picture has the troll from... It's, it's ingenious. The it's merchandise ingenious store Norway. Yeah. of Norway. It's like she knew. <laughs> Mike, how about you, buddy? Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to, of course, Tracy Curtis and Alan D. Curtis. A couple of weeks ago, they asked for suggestions for a Disney-inspired pottery piece to make it. Lori, who we were just talking about, suggested a serving platter with Be Our Guest. And they did a phenomenal job on the Be Our Guest. And shout out to your kids. Yes, you are on Picks of the Week this week, and you did an amazing job on the Be Our Guest platter. So good on to you guys, and hello to the Curtis kids. Absolutely love it. I tell you what, guys, right now, scroll down from that uh, from the episode you're listening to. All those links are right there for everything we ask you guys to do each and every week. Become part of the Facebook group. Pick up Jay's book, uh, Pabble. And uh, if you would like to become part of the patron, man, now is the time. So, so exciting. We have not announced, but we are switching over from Podbean over to a brand new service. We are all switching to Patreon, and there are five different tiers you can become a part of. We are adding a video element for some of those tiers. We are adding extra shows, including Disney News, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. Uh, Go over, join those tiers 
Uh, we are super excited to see you on that patron side there. And of course, slap us five stars. Give us that virtual hug. We really appreciate that. It helps us grow the show each and every week. Guys, I have had a absolute blast. I love spending time with you guys each and every week. I miss Joe this week. He's super busy. He has Daytona uh, coming up this weekend. Of course, his wife works for NASCAR, and uh, so they are busy hosting people in town. He's sad he couldn't be with us, but he will be back very shortly, and uh, we'll be good to hear him. But uh, I've had an absolute blast talking about Maelstrom. For me, look, extinct attraction. I enjoyed it while I was there. Do I miss it extremely? Probably not, but it was great to have. Really, a thrill attraction in Epcot back in the late 80s, early 90s. It served its purpose. It was great during the time. Uh, guys, let's close it up. Mike, to you. Closing words, brother. Uh, I had a nice time reminiscing about some of the old ride. Uh, like I said, I have some fond memories doing it with the kids, and I also have some fonder memories doing the Frozen ride. So I was kind of on the fence about, you know, keep it, let it go. But uh, it was great seeing you guys tonight. I'm glad that uh, I got to spend my Monday night, the beginning of the week, recording with you guys and setting my week off in a very Disney good mood. Yeah, definitely, Dave. I just like that Mike said he was on the fence between keep it and let it go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look what he did. Snap. Um, very nice. Um, I mean, I you know I love the history of Disney and our Disney theme parks. It's something I'm passionate about and also something that I uh, enjoy as part of my job. Uh, I love how much I learned tonight. Um, I definitely don't claim to know it all. And um, I was, there were moments where you were talking where I was absolutely flabbergasted and had no idea. So I appreciate uh, you leading us down uh, a little bit of a historical journey into the parks to explore something that has uh, gone, uh, gone for now and gone away. But, um, but yeah, uh, I loved learning about this. I appreciate it. As you walk through now, you can say that is the graveyard of the Norwegian playground that was there right. uh, for and years, the, or the, that was the, where Sea Venture the would Danish bathroom, yes, and yes uh, yeah, all yeah, of these important Denmark things. all over there. So uh, it's fantastic, guys. I've had an absolute blast. Patron members, stick around. We are so excited tonight. We're going to try something new. Uh, we are going to do the first ever DDP Ramblings show, and what this is is we are going to ramble about topics. Uh, each of us are bringing two topics completely off the wall. They may or may not be Disney-related. I know mine are not, uh, and we are going to just discuss them, give our opinions, uh, because this is what we would do if we chatted on the phone. So stick around. Everyone else, DDP family, have an amazing week. Spread some Disney cheer. Happy. Be happy. Smile. Smile. Have an amazing week. We appreciate you. With love, we'll see you real soon. Have a good night, everybody. Cheers. Have a good night. From Mike, Justin, and myself, we want to say thank you, and remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us, and when we're brave enough to listen, and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder. And that's a wrap.
This has been YDF Media Productions.